Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm good. I've got a minor cold, and it is very cold, but otherwise I'm fine. <laughs> okay, so there's a double cold situation. Yeah, double going cold. On. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I know I'm what you're hope- going to say. Layers. Layers. That was exactly what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah. I hope you are respecting the need for I, layers at I this am, time. I am respecting. Are you wearing a scarf even though you're indoors? Uh, I was, but I was just doing some stuff, so I took it off for that. But I will put it on again. Please I swear. do, because I swear. that's important. Yes. What about you? How are you? I'm okay. I've just been doing a lot of research mm-hmm. and thinking thoughts mainly. Okay. Yes. But obviously this week has been a strike week, so I haven't been doing work work yeah. mm. for that. Yeah. But yes. And didn't you go and see an exhibition as well this week? Yes. Or I, last week? Yes, it was, it's one I wanted to see for a while because I sometimes cycle past the gallery. It's, it's autograph, you know, we talked about Oh, them. I love autograph. Yes. And I've seen the the images, some images from it outside, and I and I also saw the sort of preview images when I last went, and I thought I must go and see see it this. It looks beautiful. Yes, from the, it is. From the images I've seen online, just exquisite. It is stunning. So it's this artist called well, I think I would say Lena, but maybe now that mm. I'm looking at it, it's Lina, Lena Iris Victor, and um, it's called Summer Born to Endless Night, Dark Matter. And it's a really rich exhibition. It's downstairs and then in the place they also have upstairs and it's got different parts of it. But there are some similarities to the work that's downstairs and upstairs. And what she does is she she photographs herself naked and she she's painted her body black. Um, sometimes all over sometimes not sometimes you see a bit of her skin in parts shining through sometimes it's just a, a small part of her body that she's painted yeah and um downstairs and upstairs the paintings the works that come from that are slightly different so downstairs there's a lot of smaller works well a, a really big number i don't know how how many at least 30 or, or maybe more and she's sort of in in the image but then there's some flora and fauna fauna in front and behind so the images are very very dark there's a dark background dark palm leaves but then she also uses gold sort of gold leaf and there's a sort of moon sometimes or her hair is gold so it's sort of black white and gold that's all the colors that she uses and it's just in downstairs they're also displayed really beautiful well they're just absolutely stunning I think it's just the combination of the colors they're also sometimes she looks straight at you from yes from the pictures so they're really really engaging sometimes there is no figure it's just it's almost like the flora and fauna has sort of taken over and yeah. the way they've displayed it is also beautiful. So the first room you go in is it looks like gold leaf on the wall, and then uh, yeah, yeah, and then they're in in front of it, and then then you go into the next into their big downstairs room, and there's sort of more of these smaller images, but there are also two really big ones which are just patterns, uh-huh. and they're on a, gold patterns on a black background, and they're also these lattice screens which are 
apparently the pattern is based on Liberian fishermen's nets and they're these sort of black palms. So it's a it's a whole environment and she is um she has Liberian um parents. She's British Liberian and some of our work I guess most of her work is about the history of Liberia, um, that it was sort of set up as a place for freed slaves. Yes. So so she comments comments on that. And then upstairs the room is at a bright, like Calvin, uh, not Calvin Klein, Eve Klein, um, <laughs> <laughs> Eve Klein blue. So this is really, really, really bright blue. And they're sort of bigger works from an, a previous series that she's done. And they actually have some color in them. And they again involve her. And she's, I think in most of them sort of, she's seated and it's sort of three quarter. And, um, wearing something really powerful and with patterns and they sort of meld the patterns partly meld into the pattern background but they're sort of yeah there's lots of different patterns going on and then the gold and they're just there was one of them I'm just looking at it on on the computer I think I think it is this one it was called 11th and we just stood in front of it for absolutely ages it's just they're mesmerizing there's just so much so much to see uh, and then there's also upstairs also includes one which has a um, map of Africa. Um, again, there's sort of palm trees and the gold and the and and the blue. Yeah, so I don't know that they're, they're also downstairs. They're also sometimes maybe the more more the ones downstairs because she was totally naked. Obviously, you know, covered quite a bit with the with the with the flowers. So she paints on top of the photos. Yeah, I was going to I ask mean. you because you can see they seem so multi layered and yes. Like I'm looking at it on a screen, mm. but they look deep. That it, yeah. There's a real sort of perspective that draws you in because they look almost like illustrations for a myth or a fairy tale or something. Yeah, it did say in one of the the captions. It said the ones I upstairs were based on the Libyan Sibyl. A Sibyl is a, a prophetess, so yeah. not a goddess. Liberian I guess. or Libyan. Libyan. Um, Libyan. So it is that not not a goddess, obviously, but it is yeah. Upstairs, it is very much like a mythical. She is like a mythical figure and a goddess. She also, I don't know. I've read sort of quite a bit around what she does, and no one mentions Klimt, which I think is interesting because that's true. Because I'm looking at one where. It, her back is to, to us, yeah. And this gold, twisty, floral kind of wallpaper or mm. hanging that she's looking at, and it's very klimpty. Yes, yes. And also this sort of melting. Well, in that one, in that particular one, she doesn't actually melt into the background, but with some others, she sort of becomes part of the background, but is sort of part also in in front of it. Um, well, it's almost like she's camouflaging like the ones where some of her skin is visible yes obviously i'm just looking online but yes it's almost like she's camouflaging she's hiding parts of her body and displaying other parts mm. and she's connecting herself with the setting and then taking herself out of it somehow yes no that's exactly right and that's that's similar with the ones downstairs but i think what i found unsettling downstairs is that did remind me at times a little bit at photos that were taken by, you know, early anthropologists or missionaries. Yeah. So, and 
I suspect half that is sort of deliberate in a way, yes. but sort of she's yeah. she's of course in control. She presents herself like that, but this association sometimes I don't know made me a bit uncomfortable. But maybe that's what it it should do. I don't mm. know. Well, sometimes it's good to be made to feel uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. But like you say, there are there was particularly the ones with that are just pattern. I tried to. They are really the gold parts they are, are raised and I I couldn't figure out you know I kept thinking I wonder how this is done and there is yeah there is an article on on artsy which shows her with you know there's a photo of her in the middle of making one of them and they're really really very big and it, it seems to be that she applies some sort of 3d stuff that is then gilded it must be it must I take see. absolutely forever but it is very much a sort of 3d um 3d effect on particularly the ones downstairs and sometimes most of the time um the smaller ones downstairs her body is just black but then also sometimes the pattern goes onto her body and is is on it as well what is interesting is all of the ones downstairs are are really different and yeah uh, you could just spend ages just looking at them well they're so they're i don't know that they're, they're kind of it's like you keep I suppose it's that, that terrible thing of being an art historian that you continually see references, but then it yes. doesn't allow you to settle on a particular reference. It's it's kind of completely hers and uniquely her own, and and you're you're kind of drawn in because of all the layers and the there's little sparks of things of you know because they're like Renaissance, but then I'm you know I'm being a horrible I know. white person setting it in within a Western true art canon yeah. which is wrong because mm. they obviously they are but they aren't and they're very deliberately not and that she is and she isn't and yeah it's exactly it's i mean i it's exact i i know exactly what you mean because when i was <laughs> ah coda it's all right coda's just commenting um, when I was saying this thing about Clint, I thought mm, maybe I shouldn't even say this because I don't want to suggest at all that it is, you know, very similar. It just sort of—I would just want to say it reminded me a bit, but really in a very superficial matter, manner. Yeah. Um, like. But you... I think I think kind of everybody automatically brings images to images. Like you automatically kind of try and understand them by situating them in what you know. Mm. But it's. I guess it's about being aware that you may know the wrong thing. Yes. Or you may only know part of it. Mm. And I think her images kind of do that because they're they're so they're so beautiful and they're so but yeah, they kind of draw you in so deeply and you feel like you're seeing a story but you don't quite know Exactly what the story is. Mm. Or you they're see uh, see um a revered person, or yes. from a from a from a culture, but you don't quite know, yeah, who they are. Yeah. Or, but you know they are very, they are sort of important, and um, that's true. There's a real sense because the other thing I was going to say to you is they're they're like jewels. Yes. Mm. They look like the whole image seems precious. I mean, obviously gold makes you think that but it's not just the gold it's and it's almost as well like she's making her body precious by the way she is covering it there seems something there and and then exposing parts of it it's like it's 
she's very much taking control of yes. her body, but mm. also, as I say, sort of making it extra special and precious. And yes, Coda very much agrees with me. Yes, yes, he does. I do. Do too. they allow dogs in? Can I take? Um, no, I don't think. I don't know. Actually, maybe they do. I don't know. He does love an art gallery. Yeah. But yeah, they're absolutely gorgeous. Mm, yeah, I'm just I actually to see when it's on till because I really. It's must on go. for quite a while, so oh, maybe good. we can go back together because I feel. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, end of end of January because I. Very I, good. I feel I could spend some more time having a look. And what about you? What have you been? Well, you already told me what you've been up to. I've been on strike. Yes. Um, but I did this morning. I went on um canopy. You know this channel canopy mm-hmm. this morning and i don't know i just decided to watch this documentary on edith head and it was very mad <laughs> and it's because they have like part of what i like about this channel is they have random things that you think where did you even get your hands on this so it's from 1981 and it kind of fascinated me because it's fascinating because i think it, it's not really clear but it seems to be at her house Mm-hmm. which I guess is in Hollywood or, yeah. you know, L.A. somewhere. And it's very kind of that sort of, you know, that kind of Spanish look that, oh, yes. that mm-hmm. houses they have with a, with a sort of paved garden. And it's really fascinating because it's a combination of her speaking to cameras and being interviewed by the people who made the film. But then it's interspersed with, I think they're copies rather than the actual costumes, but garments from you know some of the famous films that she costumed but they're worn by 1981 models okay perhaps not what you would wish for no if i can i'm trying to be you know yes even in how i'm saying this because they've got kind of disco makeup on <laughs> which i love yeah maybe isn't quite right here and they, I don't know what kind of models they are, or the actors, but they kind of overpose. Mm-hmm. So it's like she's talking about the dress that refers to a famous Jean Harlow dress, and the model is doing kind of, oh my lord, kind of little poses and facial expressions, which is slightly distracting. Yes. And it, it just, like, it always really angers me when people say well models they just walk up and down and I kind of think yeah you watch any amateur models Mm. and you'll know why a good model is amazing Mm. and I don't want to be mean to these people good for them Mm. but it's quite strange but it's interesting hearing her talk and she's very she's very odd and she's got like you know, like a fringe that's curled under. Yes. So it's very... I and so she still very, has that in... Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, in 1981. And I always think, because like fringes can be quite severe anyway, but it's almost like that, you know, a fringe was not severe enough. She had to curl it under to make it extra yeah. severe. And then her dark glasses. And in a way, I wish we talked, they'd, she talked about what she was wearing because she's wearing her sort of cream suit and black turtleneck and she says really interesting little asides like she says about how she wears background clothes because with her job she's not meant to stand out and she's not meant to be spectacular so she's the background and then she says you know I look quite sad at times and I thought "Hmm, that's going somewhere else yeah and then she talks about how she was good looking when she was young but that being around all these beautiful people and she kind of 
in furs it's like they're extra beautiful like they're transcendently beautiful or something that it, you're bound to get complexes and you know she says she says there's, there's like a bit early on where she's saying to the cameraman are you doing a close-up on me you're doing a close-up on me i never have close-ups and i never smile go back and he's saying no no it's a wide angle lens i can't get a close-up of you on this and she's like you better not you better not and it's it's really like the psychology of it is quite something because yeah, these little things come out. Yes. And she also talks about how she lied all the time because you couldn't tell the truth about what someone looked like because you're having to kind of bolster them. And there's there's all these kind of tensions that yeah. she identifies. So she talks about how you're balancing between, you know, she said the director was really the most important one for her, for her role. Um, but then you're balancing what the director wants with what the staff feels she or he wants. And, you know, that the, the star may feel that this they look best from this angle and the director something else. Mm. So, so you get this sense of kind of beautiful people with complexes about their bodies because their bodies are their are money scrutinized. and their yeah. worth. And, uh, yeah, scrutinised. But then that's kind of amplified if you are around these people and working with them on yes. their bodies somehow. Mm. It which sounds... Is quite it's yeah it doesn't she doesn't sound very happy well she doesn't smile as she says so she it's partly that and she does like make a couple of things where you can see her like her eyes are sparkling like she knows she's Mm. being witty yeah but it's a very strange you know it's only about half an hour long and it's very strange and it's very strange as i say that you have her speaking to camera which is the best bit really because you do get these little insights and she kind of it Partly the way it's cut, but partly the way she speaks, it jumps around in chronology. So, and and you also don't know if she's a reliable source. There's that kind of feeling going on. But then the bits with the models are a bit toe curling, even though it's interesting seeing the clothes. Yeah. As and and it's kind of it's almost like she's surprised when the the Jean Harlow dress when the woman turns around, the model turns around. It's got a zip, and she's like, "Oh well, obviously this is a copy." And you think. Did you know these copies before? Because you seem a bit shocked. Yeah, that is so weird. Yeah, I know. And it's like they have two men come out in costumes or copies of costumes from the Sting, which I've never seen, but is a Paul Newman and Redford film. Mm. So she talks about how people never realise, or kind of people tend to forget that costume designers clothe men as well. They're not just doing the women. Mm. And she says an interesting thing about how these weren't costumes; they were just making clothes for the 1930s hmm. so it's interesting that in her head she's differentiating yes. while she's designing them so that was interesting and she also had one address for Hedy Lamar that was really amazing that she obviously just loved and was getting the model to swoosh around a lot which was quite funny and she also does you would enjoy it but just because she does like little tiny potted quite quite nutty summaries of the film <laughs> as she's saying about the costume which is quite funny and there's one where it's i don't know what film it's from but an elizabeth like a young elizabeth taylor role Mm -hmm. and it's this very poofy kind of winter halter-esque cream sort of ball dress and she says that she always enjoyed it when she then saw people's copies of these and that they went to some party and they counted 76 Elizabeth Taylor dresses wow. at this party. Does so she it say, was fun. 
Does she say, is there any background? Do they talk at all about how she how she started out? Or? Well, it, it, again, it's kind of frustrating because it's broken up. Because she says at one point she she trained as a school teacher, then didn't want to do that, wanted to become an artist. She then she, says she was de- she was training in oil painting at art school, but didn't know how to sketch. And I thought everybody does sketching as part of an art fine art course, but I don't. Then she says she started out in cowboy films at one point. Mm-hmm. So she starts out with menswear. Then she also says that she starts out with Cecil B. DeMille and that she got this job by she couldn't draw. So she just took like a, one sketch from all her friends at art school's portfolios and they were like, wow, you're amazing. <laughs> and then she got there and of course she couldn't draw. But Cecil B. DeMille said, I'm going to teach you. So I don't know if that's true. Maybe that is true. Um, but yeah, she says she started with cowboys and gangsters but then she also talks about working like she also shows this dress which she says you know that this was the first one i did dress i did and this is for cara burn so surely oh, really? that would be around i don't yeah. know i feel like i need to go and read more on mm. anita's head because i have but i don't remember the biographical details yeah. but it very i don't know because she she's kind of obviously deliberately cultivated this very severe way of dressing and presenting herself Mm. and she keeps saying about I'm a professional woman so I have to do X and you feel like of course you know in the period and with the job role she had she's had to assert who she is and she's done that very strongly visually but it's kind of interesting because she says she you know she was continually creating and recreating particular stars through their looks but she never did that with herself she because she had so it's kind of interesting as well as the idea that she had she remains stable like in a normal job role you remain stable whereas if you're a star you're continually being remade and remade by other people mm. it also made me think what you were just saying about the way she dresses it made me think about adrian and also um mm. cecil beaton and how I don't know. I don't. Adrian actually don't haven't seen that many pictures of him, but somehow. I think he was quite suave and elegant. Yeah, yeah, but it's a sort of different, different persona, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, Beaton is continually, continually wanting to present himself as a dandy, isn't yes. he? Different kinds of dandies. Quite flamboyant. Mm. Definitely. Mm. Which maybe as a woman that wouldn't have worked. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, and and also I suppose she mustn't seem to be in competition with the star that she's dressing yeah i guess it's like a different dynamic because Mm, i mean like the way that like worth could be bossy and poirie could be bossy with the couture clients in a way that you know pacan couldn't yeah although chanel i I think probably could but but maybe chanel i guess chanel came at it from a different angle Mm. she was she wasn't coming up through dressmaking yes Mm. And also, I suppose it's like if you deliberately craft yourself that you're the authority and you are your label. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was funny. It was it was very interesting. And yes, they have a kind of they have someone singing. There's no business like show business for part of like the end sequence where the models are dancing around, and it's got like a disco beat version of it, which is very how bizarre. bizarre. I know. I know, and it's. It's just, it's really quite charming in a way, but it's also just bonkers because you're so distracted by the model. And it, again, as I said, it just highlights how amazing professional models truly are. 
in the way that you know most of them just know how to present clothes so you look at the clothes and then the ones where you look at them as well it's in combination with the clothes not separately if you see what I mean yeah I wonder whether it would have been too expensive to show because you know they could have shown clips of the film do they do that at all no no oh, yeah. so they they clearly there wasn't budget for that there's yeah. no There's no film clips. Mm. And it's very funny because she talks about Mae West, who I love. And yes. I, I mean, I love her so much. I'm going to have to go on a Mae West binge, binge after this because she's just the best. But they show this model in a Mae West dress and Edith Head says about how she used to wear eight-inch eight heels. She's so tiny and so she looked really such a dress. And that's why in film she's always like, grabbed onto a sort of gorgeous man <laughs> so that she can walk. And it's very funny because the model, again, it's like, you shouldn't really show this, but she has real trouble because you like see her in a doorway where she's holding onto the door in one of those kind of bell of the 90s sort of, you know, 1890s, 1930s dresses. And then you see her struggling with a, the train and everything to turn around, to oh. go back into the house and then kind of staggering with, you know, holding the train and really not in control of, of the outfit. So, which just makes me love Mae West all the, all the more. All the more, and yeah. So, so, I've, so I've downloaded She Done Him Wrong. That's going to be my first one and then I'm just going to keep going this week, I think. Oh, I might try and do that as well and then we can compare oh, please, and contrast. Please. Yeah. I just, she is just one of my number one top idols. I just think she's the greatest. Yeah. And I mean... A film title, She Done Him Wrong. That's such a good film title. Well, we've got a plan then. We've got a plan. This week is May West. May West week, yeah. Oh okay. my God, amazing. Let's let's go and start downloading all the films. Okay, great. All right, speak to you next week about May West. Yes, exactly. Talk to Perfect. you next week. Bye. Bye.